Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you pick the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, Norns? And hello to all my friends listening elsewhere across the country, especially to those of you who suffered through my NFL picks last week. You are most certainly the diehards. Or maybe you're just looking for comedic relief. I don't know. Whatever it is, welcome to Datitude episode number nine for a Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the New Orleans Advocate, the Times-Picune, and bet.nola.com. We're going to get to our guest in just a few moments, Rod Walker of the Advocate and the Times-Picune. will be on to talk about the Saints, LSU, and the Pelicans. That's right, the season is just, the regular season is just a week away. Along with Conductor Dave, we are moving these the Friday podcast, we're moving to Wednesday. We're doing a couple of different things. We're moving the Friday podcast to Wednesday. And I think I'm going to try something on Fridays. I think I'm going to have, I'm still going to have a Friday episode. It's going to be all about uh, the picks of the week, though. I may have a surprise guest for you. Um, not anyone you particularly know, but, you know, everyone's got to have a sidekick. You know, Dr. Davis is, is a great sidekick to have. For the betting, but I want to expand a little bit more on the betting part of it. One thing that I haven't done is really kind of what I thought this podcast would turn out to be, but it's kind of uh, evolved in just nine episodes here into talking so much about the Saints and the local teams here that I do want to spend an episode a week talking about uh, best bets. And after last week, I don't know why I would want to do it after what I did last week because it wasn't good. But I think we're going to try something new on Friday to see if uh, if anyone's interested in uh, looking at that. We'll try that out. We'll have our best college football picks and our best uh, NFL picks of the weekend coming up. College football week seven already coming up. It's hard to believe. We are literally midway through the college football season. Uh, and the Saints on their bye week this week, so it's a good week to try something new. And we will do that on Friday afternoon or maybe Friday morning, depending on when we get it out. Well, I want to talk before we get to the guest about some, a couple things that have happened since the last time we spoke. First off, baseball. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge baseball fan. In fact, I think baseball's got to be my number one sport. Um, to me, it's just more of a thinking man's game. I've always enjoyed baseball. I, I, I like the 162-game season. Um, it's no secret I'm a huge Cubs fan. They were awful this year, but... I really get in October, and the playoffs this year already have been outstanding. Uh, maybe not going the way I would have hoped completely, especially in the American League. Um, I had a wager on the Rays. I thought Tampa Bay would be able to get back at least the ALCS and maybe the World Series. So I like their, num- their odds there, but you, the Red Sox have been outstanding. So you could have had the Red Sox at a really good price, especially before the wild card game and they beat the Yankees. So who knows? You might still be able to get the Red Sox at a decent price. I've not seen the futures on that because the NLDS is still going on. Um, And then the Astros, they look really good. They're going to the ALCS for, I believe, the fifth consecutive season. And they have been outstanding. So 
I'm not an Astros fan by any stretch of the imagination. I know there are a lot of you out there that are because uh, a lot of New Orleans people, just because we don't have a team, the ones that love baseball have become an Astros fan. I know plenty of Astros fans. But right now, uh, in the American League, you got to consider them the favorite, um, even as well as the Red Sox to play. That's going to be a great series, Astros-Red Sox. Uh, that begins, I believe, on Friday. Um, so that will be a great series. And then in the NL, um, I, had a, I took the Giants to – they were in my number one World Series pick. So I put a little bit down on them. But when I saw the odds yesterday for the Dodgers to win the series, getting 2-1, to one, I'm like, why not I'm – a, I'm a hedger. I like the hedge. A lot of people don't. They, they figure they're going to leave their money out there and let it rot. But for me – if I can, if I'm going to get a pick wrong and I find a way to break even out of the whole thing, why not? So, I had the Giants at six, I believe six and a half to one, um, going in. You put fifty bucks down on that. If you can get the Dodgers put at two to one to win the series, you put twenty five bucks on that. If they win the series, I mean, you can't get them at that now that there's only one game left. But going into yesterday, if you can get them at two to one to win the series. You plunk twenty five bucks down on that, and now, if the Dodgers win on Thursday, I'm covered. I lose nothing, and if the if the Giants win, is which is what I hope happens, and they go and win the World Series, hey, I've only lost twenty five bucks out of my you know fifty dollar bet, which pays you know I don't know three something. So I'll I'll, I'll take twenty five bucks out of that to make sure that I at least get them in the NLCS. Why not? But that's going to be a great game on Thursday. Um, you have Julio Urias, I believe, for the Dodgers going up against Logan Webb. Obviously, Urias, they're both, I think they're both 24 years old or somewhere in that ballpark. But Urias has a lot more experience. Should make for a great game. And whoever wins that game, I really think is going to win the World Series. So I, I just can't root for the Dodgers. I just, it's just, I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm not a favorite kind of guy unless it's my team. Um, and the Dodgers clearly are the favorite to win the World Series. I'm, I'm more times than not going to root against the favorite. So nothing against the Dodgers. I don't dislike them or like them, but I would love to see the Giants uh, get there. I think uh, Giants-Red Sox would be extremely fun to watch. You'd have, as a Cubs fan, you'd have Chris Bryant going against Kyle Schwarber. So that would be fun too. So we'll see what happens. Um, what else has happened since we last spoke on Monday? Oh, John Gruden, what a moron. And we're going to talk about it with, uh, just for a second with Conductor Dave, and it's really a sensitive topic to touch on, right? There are people who say, yeah, he's just a, he deserves to be fired, but blah, 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 blah. He quit, but he was basically fired. And then there are other people that I saw, boy, it was 10 years ago. I mean, are they going to get your pass for 10 years? I mean, sure. I mean, I probably said dumb things not like that. I haven't said them, or and I certainly haven't typed them in emails. You don't. You're you're just a moron. I mean, what 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 does it take? I mean, why would anybody? I mean, I guess it goes to. I mean, what you think, right? Whether you typed it in ten years ago, fifteen years ago, or yesterday. I mean, if you type something up, it's got to be in your vernacular, right? I mean, so you use words like that. If you're using them in an email, you certainly use them in everyday life. So he made his bed. 
He's never going to work, at least not in this profession again. I mean, he probably doesn't need to work. He's probably got plenty of money. And I thought John Gruden was a pretty good coach. The world was his oyster. Um, but he's going into early retirement. I mean, I don't, I don't see him ever getting a job again. I mean, I just don't see how. And frankly, um, I wouldn't hire him to string prep games for me. You can't hire someone like that. Um, you make your bed, you lie in it, and you move on. Um, you just It's a tough, tough subject. And I danced around it in my NFL picks column. I dance around it, I guess, a little bit. And I don't want to say dance around it because I'm confronting it here. But, uh, you know, he deserved what he got. And it's, it's a shame. It really is. But, you know, one of these, the, the, the day and age that we live in, you find out a lot of people if you start digging into their past deep enough. And whether he was set up or um, they dug deep or whether – got found innocuously or however it got found, it got found. And you can't say those kinds of things, and you do. You're going to pay the price. I guess coming up uh, in just a few moments, we'll have Rod Walker from The Advocate and the Times-Picayune, as I said. And Conductor Dave is on for his weekly NFL pick segment. He shellacked me last week. He made me look like a fool. So maybe there is something to his picking strategy because you know what? He's been pretty darn good. I'll, I'll tell you his record in a little bit, but it's better than mine. And mine's not terrible overall. I mean, I was 1-5 last week. So the fact that I'm still – my overall record isn't horrendous after a 1-5 week, you know, you just pick up the pieces and you move on, and we'll get them right this week, by God. We'll see. Here's your reminder. You can reach me at jderryattheadvocate.com. Or on Twitter, at Jim Derry Jr., if you want to be a part of this show. And any show, really. If you send me an email or, a, or tweet me, and you got a comment that you want to get across, if those of you know me, sure, text me. I'll be, I'm not giving out my phone number on this podcast, but if you have it or you know it, feel free to text me. I'll get it on. You can listen to this podcast in a multitude of places. Right now, here on bet.nola.com. Uh, SoundCloud is where I upload it to every week, and then it gets distributed across multiple platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, of course, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, you can just search for Datitude and make sure to subscribe so you can learn whenever the new ones come out. I know I've been switching days here and there. We're going to get on a set schedule. This thing is still new. I'm trying to find out what people like. So far, it seems like Mondays are the best day, so... Especially when the Saints play on Sunday, people want to come on and listen on Mondays. We had a great conversation last Monday with Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers. Uh, also last week, we talked to Mike Haas, voice of the Saints. So if you want to get any of those, you can go back and get them on demand through any of your uh, podcast places. They're all there. I want to give a shout-out to Caesar Sportsbook, who is an exclusive partner with, the us, with us at The Advocate, the Times-Picayune, and bet.nola.com. Um, sportsbook opening soon. I know I keep saying it, but it's close. So we're going to be doing shows from there, uh, not for the podcast, but the shows that we do on bet.nola.com. Um, we'll be doing some there very soon. That is going to be opening up shortly. And right after that, hopefully by Thanksgiving, they'll have the Caesars app available here in Louisiana. Videos on bet.nola.com include odds and ends on Mondays with sports betting director Zach Ewing and myself, along with Devin Jackson. 
Um, this week it was just Devin and myself. Zach was a little bit under the weather. Weather. I'm glad to hear he's feeling a little bit better uh, now. Fantasy Roundup on Tuesdays with Zach and Spencer. The Guru Urquhart. Spencer's been doing great with fantasy football. And at the book on Thursdays featuring Cash In with Carvel, Carville, James Carville, that is, Zach, Devin, and myself every Thursday. Again, those shows will be live coming up pretty soon from Harris. Um, we're still doing them virtually at the moment. But I'm looking forward to going to Harris to do that. Let's get into the guest segment. Talking to Rod Walker, the advocate. Um, I've known Rod for uh, quite a while now. We go back to our days covering high school football together. Always, even when we were competing against one another, I was at the time speaking and he was at the advocate. Always uh, helped each other. Rod's a great dude. Um, and, you know, I need somebody like, like Rod who is just, you know, a level key kind of guy. Um, you know, there's a reason why I call the show Datitude because, I mean, if you've listened to 15 minutes of a non-guest section segment of this uh, this podcast, you know that I have Datitude. So, I like having uh, guests on who are a little bit more calm, and I can just ask them questions, and they 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 see things in a different way. Rod certainly does. Um, He's got an interesting take on the Saints, LSU, and the Pels. And let's get right into it. Let's hear what he has to say and his thoughts on maybe what might happen over the next few months. Joining the Datitude podcast is advocate and Times Picayune columnist Rod Walker. Uh, Rod co- covers just about everything there is to cover under the sun at the advocate. And uh, Rod, it's been a long time since you and I were in a prep press box together. <laughs> yeah, man, it's probably been. At least four years, probably. So uh, good to be back in the same place with you. It's funny how uh, time flies uh, so fast. It's it's just it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but yeah, I guess it has been. Crazy. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's jump in, and uh, I want to start with the Saints. And um, it's such a mixed bag that we've seen such the such thus far. I can't speak very well this morning, but. uh, you know, you look at the games that they played, and I, I think that it, it's it's been a mixed bag for Jameis. It's been a mixed bag for the running game. It's been a, certainly a mixed bag for the defense, who at times look like the best defense in the NFL, and then at other times look like, ooh, let's don't give them the ball again. What's your take? I agree, man. I mean, you look at – it's just been up and down. I mean, they beat you beat the Packers handedly, and then you come back and lose to Carolina, which – you know, Carolina's improved, but I don't think they're as good as that record looked like they were, you know, those first three weeks of the season when they started 3-0. and um, And then the, the, that Giants game, well, I mean, I, I skipped the New England game. Obviously, they went there and took care of business. But in that Giants game, I mean, that was just unexplainable, man. So, uh, But the fact this team is 3-2, and two, I mean, I think if you're a Saints fan, uh, before the season started, I think I would have had them 4-1 and one yeah. through those first five games. Yeah. I had them losing to the Packers. And I figured they probably could have won all those other ones. Um, so, I mean, they're probably a game behind schedule of where they should be at this point. And I guess how you get there doesn't really matter. But um, And they're behind schedule with, you know, they face a lot of injuries and a lot of adversity when you think about this team having to evacuate. I know um, Sean Payton and, and the players never use that as an excuse. But uh, I think it was – I mean, I think it does take a toll on an NFL team to have to be evacuated from their family for – those 21 days or however long it was. So, um, 
I think that was that was a tough stretch. Might have been a month actually, like twenty eight days. I yeah, can't remember, I think but right at a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that you know you have to kind of factor that in and all the injuries they've dealt with, and you want to see if they can, you know, get this get this thing rolling. Um, the schedule gets tougher. I mean, they, you know, you look at those those New England, um, New York, and Washington. I mean, I th- those are games that I think most people thought they probably could have won all three of those games, and they weren't able to. And I'm not normally a, a, I'm not normally liking the early bye week, but I think in this case it's a good thing for the Saints because, you know, you talk about all the injuries and they really could have a lot of these guys back, um, and then you're not even discounting, you know, like the Lattimore's of the world who could use an extra week off after he's just coming off an injury. Um, you know, Gardner Johnson had an injury; he he could use an extra week off. Taysom had the concussion. Uh, which he probably wouldn't have been able to play this week if they would have had to play. Now he right. probably, you know, will be able to play. So, what's your take on uh, on on the bye week coming early, and and how you think that it, they might respond to that? Yeah, I know. I talked to one of the players. I, it may have been Deontay actually. Who, ironically, last week I asked Deontay about it. You know, I think he was one of the guys that said, you know, ideally you want to have it in the middle of the season. You know, just so you can, you know, you play your first eight or nine games, and then. You, get a break and then, you know, finish the second half off. But obviously this year, it just worked out perfect for them, I think. Um, probably couldn't have come at a better time. I think had they lost that game Sunday, though, I probably have a little different take on it because yeah. this is a team I don't think they – didn't, they didn't need to go into a, a bye week with a two and three record with back-to-back losses to uh, New York and Washington. I mean, I think that would have been not good for this team's psyche. And, you know, you start questioning yourself at that point because, you know, if you lose to Washington and New York back-to-back and – you got trips to a trip to Seattle, a home game against Tampa Bay coming up. I, mean, I think that's kind of brutal stretch. So uh, I think this comes at a good time, considering they were able to to, to pull off a win on Sunday. Uh, with the, when you talk about some of the injuries, um, some of the key ones. Let's talk about some of those and who you think might come back. Uh, you know, it looks good for like the Eric McCoys. Uh, you know, it looks good for Will Lutz. You hope he comes back. Um, Teron Armstead, we're not sure. We're not sure about Deontay Harris. And, but just what's your take on, on some of the big, the key injuries and who might come back and who you think it's going to take a little bit longer? Um, you know, um, Curtis Johnson, coach of the receivers, you know, he mentioned uh, Michael Thomas and Trey Kwan in, in a radio interview. I guess that was last week. And, you know, he said they're, he said they're pretty close to coming back. I was just yeah, I didn't even bring that. up those guys. I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Michael Thomas is the guy that I think everybody's really wanting to see. Because I think, I mean, you talk about Teron and um, Eric McCoy. Obviously, those are very key pieces to the offense, um, the offensive line. And I think the offensive line has held up pretty good these weeks without them, which says a lot about the depth of this unit. Because that was a unit that I thought before the season started. I was like, man, they can't afford to lose any of those starters. And, you know, they lost some in the first – they lost one in the first series of the season and one two games later and. They've held up. So, um, yeah, I think Michael Thomas is the guy that you really want to see come back. We don't know how when we don't know when that is, but um, the guys you mentioned, I think Eric McCoy will probably be back, you know, after the bye. Um, I'm not really sure about Will Les because I mean they ended up, you know, picked up another kicker yesterday. And um so I'm not sure if Les is a guy that they miss a lot too, I feel like, and it hadn't hurt him 
yet because you know they haven't had any game that came down to a field goal, but they've missed some extra points and some field goals. And yeah. Left some points on the board, and you know eventually that's going to catch up with you. So um, yeah, Les is a guy that they definitely need back. Um, I think Quan Alexander would help out as well. But the linebackers, Pete Warner, and those guys who you know really stepped in and you know helped Mario Davis out really well. So um, yeah, but again, Sean Payton doesn't. He didn't give us a whole lot of information on injuries. No, I know. That's why. I, that's why I ask your opinions because he's never going to tell you what what's really going on. Yeah, you just you just don't know. So um, you know, but he's hinted at it a bunch the past week about guys are are close to coming back. So I mean, you you assume that those guys are really close to coming back. And when he says that, I assume he's talking about pretty much all of them. I think all those. When these guys got hurt, I mean, this is about the timetable that I think most people have for these people. So, and if you if you look at like you said, I agree. I th- I think I would have predicted the Saints to go four and one before the season this stretch. But if you if you think about what's going on and who's coming back, and you know, I'm I'm a I'm not a half I'm not a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of guy. I, I think I'm, I'm right in the middle and. To say what they've been able to do, two two key guys out on the offensive line, two key guys out on the defensive line with Davenport and Anyamata. Anyamata will be back what in week eight, I believe. He's got to miss one more game with this. One more, right? Yeah, and so Davenport comes back, and then you talk about you throw in the injuries that they've had in the secondary, and Quan's out, and you know I don't know if the Saints have ever missed as many extra points in a full season that they've already missed this year. So obviously, Will Lutz is gonna, coming back is going to be a big deal. Just going through, and now Tony Jones is out. Taysom, we don't know if he's coming back. You talk about Michael. T- I mean, it, it's insane how many starters this team has is missed. And when they get their full complement back, I mean, you got to feel good about this team because, I mean, really, to me, they're almost the same team that they were last year. And and Jameis, you you compare J- and look, I know people are going to hate on Jameis. They can do whatever they want, but. To, to me, Jameis brings a different skill set than, than Drew had in the last two years of his career. This team really could be, and I'm and I stress the could because we don't know what's going to happen down the stretch, and the schedule is really gets tougher. But this team really could be in a position to where they could, could be competing with the Tampa Bay's. There's no reason to think that they can't win the division again. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this team, like, yeah, I mean, this team is three and two, and they should be four and one. I mean, and obviously you can say that about every game, but. That Giants game is one that I mean you really have to think that hey they let that one get away. So I mean this is a team that should be four and one, and you know they're they're in they're in the thick of it. And I think we'll know Seattle won't have Russell Wilson, so I don't know if we'll be able to gauge the Saints much by that. But I think that Halloween night game against or Halloween afternoon game against uh, Tampa Bay is going to really tell us where this team is. Um, because I just again I don't know about the Giants and Washington like I don't. I just don't know what we learned about the Saints from those two games because, I mean, Daniel Jones ended up getting NFC right. Offensive Player of the Week against the Saints, and um, that shouldn't happen. So I'm really looking forward to that Tampa Bay game just to see, you know, where this team, where this team really is. Yeah, that one. And then, uh, you know, after Atlanta, the week after that, then they get Derrick Henry who, I mean, he looks like a freight train that can't be stopped. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you really need – it's a great time to be getting on Yamada back for Tampa Bay and then coming back for, for Tennessee a couple of weeks after that. So, we'll, they need to be healthy, I think, by Halloween. That would be a really good thing. Yeah, and you, you know, you talk about that. I think Seattle was one of those games I probably had as a loss 
I think I had them splitting with Tampa Bay, you know, this season. No, I mean, I had Tampa Bay actually sweeping them. I can't remember when I was doing my preseason predictions and uh, I had them beating Atlanta and going to Tennessee. I think I had that as a loss. So, you know, this, these next four games, this is this is like the stretch that's going to really define, help define this team. And we'll, we'll know a whole lot about the Saints after these next four games. I agree 100%. I think this is I, – I think if they go – if they find a way to go three and one through this stretch and get to six and three – um, which would probably leave them either tied or one game behind Tampa Bay, but being able to put yourself in a position to hold the tiebreaker. Um, and I said, you know, and I think you would agree with me. I think the floor for Tampa Bay is 12 wins. They're, they're going to win at least 12 games and they might win 13. So you, you really, if you have any aspirations of sweeping, uh, of winning the NFC South for the fifth straight year, you're going to have to sweep Tampa Bay again, which is a monumental task. It can be done. But they're not gonna they're not gonna lose more than five games, so, which means right. you can only lose three the rest of the way, and you have to sweep them in the process. So have to sweep it, right? Right. I agree. And uh, yeah, so that you know, again, Halloween night is. I know I'm skipping over a game, and I know fans don't like you skipping over a yeah, game. Right. But, right. Uh, Halloween night is really going to be big for this team in the dome. Well, bye week is is a good time to look ahead. So that's that's what we do. And look. We're members of the media. We're, we're not sitting there studying game film. We can look ahead if we want to. That's what we do. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, it's funny. I sent out, this is sort of off topic, but, you know, I, I sent out a tweet with some, just, just a stat. Uh-huh. And fans are like, oh, are you going to jinx us? I'm like, no, it doesn't <laughs> work like that. This game, <laughs> my tweet will not affect the outcome of this game. I can look ahead. Right. I, can, I can look back at the past and tell you what the history tells us and, um, you know, and I, I enjoy doing that because I just think it's, you know, it's kind of fascinating sometimes you see some of these trends and, and streaks and things. But, yeah, fans fans are so superstitious, man. They don't want Yeah, because what Rod Walker or Jim Derry says on a Tuesday or a Wednesday <laughs> is going to affect the outcome of a Saints game. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just – there's nothing to do that. So just, just relax and let the games play out and let us enjoy what we do. <laughs> Rod Walker of The Advocate and the Times Speaking here in the Datitude Podcast. Rod, let's – Let's jump on over. Let's stick. Let's stick with football. Before we get to, I want to talk about LSU for a minute. But let, let I, w- I want to ask you, as the Saints go into the bye week, because we're going to spend a lot of time the next week or so just talking about the NFL. Is there anything that has surprised you? Talk about the positive. What what team or a couple teams has surprised you the most so far in the NFL? Man, I would say, oh Arizona for sure. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. you know. They, They've been really impressive. I think the whole the, the entire NFC West has been really good. I think, and I, I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if that division gets, um, you know, two teams. I mean, you know, obviously the division winning makes the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if the other if two of the other wild cards come out of the division, which could only leave one more spot. And you know, that's why I think the you know what, what the Saints do in the division if they can't win it is important. They need to play well enough to you know try to get that third wild card spot. Um, those would be two and um uh the Chargers have been, you know, Chargers have been somewhat of a surprise. Um oh I oh, I think the Dallas Cowboys have been really impressive, man. Um uh, I, yeah, I feel Dak with, Yeah, with Dak coming back, you expected them to be a lot better and good, but I don't think anyone could have predicted to me. Dak is playing as well, and 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 look, every uh, the media loves it when Dallas is good because it helps ratings. But Dak has played to me as well as any quarterback in the NFL so far this year. Oh yeah, I think I mean him and to me him and um, 
him and Josh Allen are the MVP front runners right now. And I don't think it's really even. Uh, and Tom Brady's had some good games, but Dak and and Allen have been a little bit above everybody else. And uh, I knew Dak would have a good season, but I didn't know if that defense was going to. I mean, the defense was so awful last year, but they've played so much better. And um, this is a team that, you know, they got one loss and could very well be under. I mean, they almost beat, you know, Tampa Bay that, that um, in that Thursday night season. Oh, right. This is a team that's really good. And, uh, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Rod, if they played that game, if they played that game again to, uh, this Sunday in Dallas, I think I'd have to, I think I'd have to pick Dallas. Oh, I, th- I think so too. I mean, they were, they were right there that, that night and that game was in Tampa on, you know, again, opening night after, you know, as the Bucks se- celebrated their Super Bowl, you know, from back in February. But yeah, I mean, I think Dallas is playing really well and um, um, pretty scary team that they come to New Orleans, you know. Um, That's right. So does um, Buffalo. You talked about Josh Allen. I, I mean, you got two of the best quarterbacks. You talk about the two MVP frontrunners and Tom Brady. Those three guys, uh, they're all coming to the dome. Right, right. And again, the Saints catch a break because they don't get to they don't get to see Russell Wilson after the bye. That's right. Thing, but <laughs> man, they, I mean, this schedule gets a lot tougher when you look at the quarterbacks they played. Obviously, they played Aaron Rodgers in the season opener and did a really good job against him. But after that, I mean, they haven't really played a elite quarterback, but they're about to find, they're about to run into. <laughs> well, know, I'm, glad we don't, I'm glad we don't have to play Kyler Murray. So uh, well, at least we right. dodged, dodged that one. Um, what about your disappointments? Uh, do you, what is your top one or two disappointments so far in the NFL season? Oh, disappointments. Um, the Chiefs obviously have been a yeah. disappointment. Um, and I think that's one of those things that they feel like they can just, they'll be able to just turn it on and still, you know, that's one of the teams that as bad as they play, you still don't want to see them in the playoffs. That's I mean, right. You just you don't want to see Mahomes in the playoffs. Um, they've been a disappointment. I think Washington's been. I thought the defense was going to be better, man. I, you know that. In fact, the Washington game was one I thought. I thought it could be a tough game because I thought the defense was going to be better, and they just haven't really, you know, lived up to expectations. Um, this has been a disappointment. Um, you you got a feel for, and, and maybe I know they're not a disappointment because you expected them not to be great, but don't you just feel awful for the Detroit Lions? Oh, man, it's been it's been brutal, man. You know, Dan, I was texting somebody about Dan Campbell the other night. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was last night. Cause I, I didn't see the video of him crying until until last night. And yeah, man, I mean, they've had some, some tough luck. And I mean, how do you lose and, like that? Man, I think some teams, man, they just, oh, man, it's, I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to say they're cursed or anything, but they just, Man, they can't catch breaks, man. I, I think when you have that culture of losing, it just it just has its way of snowballing, man. And guys don't believe they're gonna win, and just bad things happen to them. And I can't even imagine being a fan of a team like that that's that's suffered like that so well, long. I, I think I think curses. Look, people could believe in them or not believe in them if they want, but. I don't know what the Lions did to to tick off the the football gods, but when you lose three games in your history with field goals of 53 yards or more, two of them 63 or more, by the same score, 19 to 17, I don't know if, if like, you know, whoever owned the Lions first, I know they weren't playing football back in 1917, but maybe when they were thinking about forming this league or whatever, the Lions did something to somebody Somebody way back in the day in 1917 did something because 
there's a reason why the same score keeps popping up. Maybe it was uh, where the, the, the team owners of the Lions back in the day were born in 1917. I don't know. We have to go look that up. Yeah, man. It's just. You want to see Dan? I mean, obviously, you know, Dan Campbell's a guy who spent a lot of time here in New Orleans, and Aaron Glenn, you know, was coaching the secondary here, and now he's the coordinator in the Lions. And uh, you want to see those guys <laughs> at least get that first win, just for to sure. Play. Yeah, and that's how that has to be how they're feeling about it. like, man, why can't we just get that first one and just just taste this victory and just see what it tastes like? And uh, well, so. Joe Burrow doesn't want to see him get their first victory this week. I think he'd rather wait and see him get it next week. Let's move. Speaking of Joe Burrow, let's move on to uh, to the LSU. We can't even call them the Fighting Tigers because they're not fighting very much. It's fighting. been a really. I mean, I don't know that I've as as an alum and um, you know as a fan. I guess. I mean, I could be a fan now that I'm a betting writer as long as I don't bet on them or bet against him, I guess I should say. But L- I don't know that I felt this way about LSU this maybe in a quarter of a century. I mean, it, it really may have been back in the, in the 90s the last time you felt this way. Because to me, there is no light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. No, I don't think there is, man. I remember after they beat uh, Mississippi State and they went to, I guess that made them three and – Three and one. Three and one. They were three and one at that point, right? And I have a friend who's a, a big LSU fan. And I, I, at the time, I said, I don't think you get. They were three and one. I said, I don't think you get to seven wins. I think six. And I just, I looked at the schedule. And I just couldn't because I didn't think they played well against State. I thought, yeah, I, mean, I thought State was able to move the ball up and get down the field against them. And just you know, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot, and they gave up some really weird big plays where guys were just wide open. But I just didn't see four more wins on the schedule. And when I was in the schedule, Kentucky and Auburn, who they've already lost to, to me, those were some of the possible ones that you could win. They didn't win those. I don't see them. I don't see them beating Florida. I don't think they have enough offense to beat Ole Miss, especially in Oxford. Um, who am I leaving? Haven't played Alabama. A&M, Arkansas, Alabama. Yeah. I, just, I, mean, I mean, Arkansas, maybe you get that one, but man, I, other than ULM, I don't see them. I don't know if they even get another win other than ULM. Yeah, I, I don't put them at what four and eight. Four and eight. I, I put I you at four and eight. So, I mean, to be last in the SEC West two years after you win the national championship, I think it's a fait accompli. I don't see. Look, even if they find a way to win one of these games, one of these, they're not going to win more than one. I, I don't see any way this team wins more than one more SEC game, and I don't think they win another. But even if they win one more. That still puts you at the in the floor Five of the SEC West. Right. You don't make a bowl game. I mean, we'll get to Coach O in a minute, but I mean, this is this is from two years from winning the national championship, you're in the floor of the SEC West. I don't know how it gets any worse. It doesn't, man. I mean that. And I. What did they finish last year? Six and six. Six, no, five and five. They. Uh, I mean, five. Won. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, abbreviated season. Yeah, five and five. So yeah, I mean, this is a team that's. That's five. They're five hundred. Eight and eight after winning the national championship. Right, and that's including most of those eight the, the wins. Cookies. That's yeah, including the cookies. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean, other than Mississippi State, they don't have a good win this, this season. I mean, be you know, I don't have a quality win. I mean, they beat McNeese and they beat Central Michigan. I mean, 
So, I mean, you have yeah, to call I mean, Mississippi State a quality. No offense, Rod. I know you're a Mississippi yeah. guy. <laughs> no, I, but, but, but I mean, to call Mississippi State a, a quality win. Look, I don't even want to know what Ole Miss, you know, Lane Kiffin. He is going to want to do whatever he can. It's LSU. He doesn't care if this is a, a four-win LSU team. He's going to want to make a statement, and he wants his team to have a chance to get in the playoff. And how do you do that? You score 60-something, maybe 70 points against and we had Chris Blair on Monday, and he, he was talking about this, and he doesn't think that Ole Miss is going to do what I think they're going to do to LSU because he's a glass-half-full kind of guy. But, I mean, I, I actually think that the LSU matches up with Florida, so it won't be that bad. I, I don't know if they have a chance to win, but I think they have a chance to cover. I think they're, the way their defense is played, they're going to get the lids blown off of them against Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss could – they could do to LSU what they did to Tulane, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I can't remember what the final was in Tulane, but it was I think it was six to one something. Yeah, it was in the sixties. It was in the sixties, yeah. And I, I would not be shocked if Ole scored sixty on on them. I just, and especially in Oxford, I just think I think it's a recipe for it. And, and it's, is that game? That's after the Florida game. That is after the Florida game. That's after the Florida game. That's right. So, yeah. So I mean, if they, you know, we'll see how they do against Florida. But yeah, I could see the Ole Miss game getting really. Bad, you know, A and M and Arkansas games that you know they typically play pretty well against them. So we'll see. But at that point in the season, you just, well, they even you care about that, right? That's how I don't know what, you know what, where they are mentally at that point. You just I mean, you, you got to be if you're Coach O, and I know he's getting tired of the questions. I don't blame him, but you got to expect that they're coming. You know, I saw, I saw yesterday he was asking a reporter, uh, "You, you trying to get me fired up or whatever?" Uh, but you look at where he is right now, and I know he's got four years left on his contract, so it's a really tough decision to make if you're on the LSU Board of Supervisors. I mean, I don't think there's any way he survives past this season. I mean, unless some kind of miracle comes down and something happens and this team turns around and makes a bowl game, which I think the chances are less than 5%. I mean, I, I got to be honest. So, But I think the chances are better. What happens if, all right, say you lose by – a three touchdowns this week to Florida, which is certainly possible. I don't think they will, but if you lose by three touchdowns to Florida and then Ole Miss does to this team what I think they're going to do, I mean, to me, there's a realistic chance that Coach O doesn't make it into November. I mean, if they get if they get lose by three touchdowns this week and then get blown away and Ole Miss scores in the 60s or even worse in two weeks, does Coach O make it to Alabama? You know, normally I would say definitely not, but just looking at AD's history, I mean, he typically lets coaches finish the season out. But, I mean, it would depend on the pressure. I mean, it's this homecoming week. I don't know. If, I mean, I assume a lot of alumni will be back, and, you know, it makes things even more frustrating. And uh, so it's going to be a tough call. I mean, I, I think you're definitely going to see him removed at the end of the season. And, you know, it might be a thing like, like we're waiting on. I mean, we need to go ahead and let people know we're making a change, let these recruits know who's the next guy, you know, in charge. And also, whenever you get rid of a coach early, it gets your head start on finding a replacement before That's all these right. other teams start looking for replacements too. So, um yeah, definitely something that factors into it. So that's that's you why know. you don't sign coaches to six year extensions. You just don't. I mean, yeah. I don't care who they are. I mean, even Nick Saban, you don't sign six year extensions. You three years fine, maybe four, but 
And, and I love Coach O as a person. I've said this a thousand times. He was absolutely wonderful to me when when his kids were playing, when Cody and Parker were playing at Mandeville High. He was absolutely wonderful to me, and I think he's an outstanding person. I've been to his house a few times. But they're not going to have a choice, and he knows this. I mean, it's not. Okay. I'm not saying anything he doesn't know. But right. th- there's unless there's some massive turnaround, you cannot go into another season in this situation. And it's, it's living proof that you just don't sign coaches for more than three or four years. Yeah. And there's nothing we've seen the past two weeks that let you, that gives you any inkling that they can turn things around. It's just, there's nothing you've seen to say that. That's right. Yeah. I just can't see that. I can't see that happen. Rod Walker here on the Datitude podcast. I am Jim Derry. And let's talk about the Pelicans uh, before we let you go, Rod. And, um, you know, you go into the going into a season after all that we've seen the past couple years. You know, I really like what I see out of Willie Green and what this team possibly could do. But already, this question marks with Zion and and whether he's going to be okay and uh, how much they're going to let him play. Are they going to take the kid gloves off? Um, it, it's it's we're already going into weirdness just a week before the regular season begins. Yeah, man, you know, I think what's frustrating about it is, you know, when at the media day, which was the end of September, late September, nobody even knew that Zion was had an injury. And then they just closed it at the media day. You're like, okay, well, we didn't know about this. Right. And then, you know, David Griffin, you know, he says that, you know, he expects Zion to be ready for the season opener. And that was kind of the vibe of what we heard that day. And then on uh, – you know, earlier this week, Willie Green says that Zion's not even running yet. So, and the season opener is on, you know, on Wednesday. So, that it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready. So, you just wish there had been a little bit more transparency there. And I think you, you, the fans sort of deserve that. I mean, if you got a superstar player that's been hurt since before Summer League, you'd like to know about that. And, you know, and again, maybe he'll be ready to play next week. Who knows? I mean, but it doesn't seem like it just based on – what we've heard and obviously they had to do some, some more scans or something that'll, you know, give us a clear picture of it, but um, has to be a little frustrating but because I mean, you want to see this team at full strength and, you know, I, I moved to new Orleans in 2013. I don't know if the Pelicans have ever been at full strength. It's always been something it seems like. And I know that's a part of the NBA guys get hurt. And I mean, it's a sport where they're, you know, playing 82 games, but you would like to see this team. The seems, I mean, they, you, you just always think the pieces are almost there and then something just always <laughs> unravels. And so I know that has to be frustrating for the fans, but again, we don't really know if Zion's going to be there for opener, opening night or not, but it doesn't look too positive right now. And I think you're still wondering what's going on with the backcourt. And there's been so many combinations here in the preseason, so many turnovers, which is worrisome. Um, you know, the three games they lost, they've all been pretty much blowouts and I know preseason in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter, but when you're getting blown out and you turn the ball over the way that they've turned the ball over, you have to be concerned. Yeah. I mean, turnovers are one of those things that, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Preseason would be the one where you don't turn it over because the other team's probably not playing as much defense. They're not, they're no scouting reports. It's just, you know, it's a little, you know, preseason basketball is just, 
<laughs> not there's not much to it. So, you know, when you get into these real games, you want to they're gonna have to limit those turnovers. And again, I mean, we haven't really seen it. We haven't seen it with Zion. Um Brandon Ingram hadn't played much in the preseason. So I mean they're they're missing, you know, two key, key pieces. So I wouldn't put too much stock in the preseason just yet, but again, you, you want to make sure that doesn't transfer over into the regular season. Before we get to the three big questions and wrap up the interview, what do you think of Willie Green so far? Oh, I, I'm really, I've been really impressed with him, and uh, the players seem to really love him, which my, to me I think that's important, especially, you know, coming off Stan Van Gundy, who some of the players just didn't – they didn't really click with him. I mean, they – I don't not I don't think any of them have said it directly, but he's an old dude, Rod. Right? He's an old dude. <laughs> but you can tell the players like you can tell there's a difference, and you know, they always I don't know how many times I've heard them say players coach when talking about Willie Green, but that's all they say. And you know, again, he's a guy that unlike the last two coaches they've had, I mean, he's a guy that played in the league and not just basketball, but you know, they always talk about how Willie Green, he just understands like just other things they may deal with. You know, he can he can relate to you know, how the body is responding after weightlifting and all that stuff. And they seem to really appreciate that. And uh, he's like a really calm guy and, you know, yeah. he's not yelling all the time. And I don't know if that, you know, maybe there, I'm sure there'll be some times when we'll need to see Willie Green get a technical foul or something, but he's just so calm. He reminds me a lot of how Monty Williams was actually. And that's who he, you know, coached under the past uh, two seasons. But yeah, I mean, I think he's going to do a good, good job. I mean, he, he knows that he's, this is his first year. He knows he's going to make some mistakes along the way. He has Mike D'Antoni as one of his advisors. He reaches out to Monty and Steve Kerr and some of those guys to, you know, when there are some times he's going to need some some veteran guys to, to lean on. So he, he he realizes that, which is I think is a good thing. I'm not bitter or anything, but, you know, just think where this franchise might be had they kept Monty. I mean, I know he, he was young at the time, and, Maybe it was better in the in the grand scheme of things for him to to move on and go somewhere else, but I don't believe in I don't believe that. I thought Monty Williams was a good coach when he was here. Um, I think he's transformed into an excellent coach, and now he's got yeah. disciples going out and coaching. You, you think this franchise would be better off if Monty Williams would have stayed here and he'd be entering what, yeah. his tenth season or something like that? Yeah, I think so, man. I, I think a lot of times, for whatever reason. And the thing about it, Monty was fired after a playoff season. It's not like he was fired right. after a exactly. So yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at it that way, you're like, yeah, I think this team was probably turning the corner. And you know, it's funny, man. Like one little decision like that, and everything changes. And you know, you just and now, you know, here we are, what four or five, no, six or seven years later. And of course, there may be no Zion had he had he stayed. Right. I mean, a lot of things. Right. Everything changes it because I mean, the Pelicans probably better. Um, Maybe AD stays. I mean, you just don't know, man. You just don't know. AD wasn't staying. He couldn't wait to <laughs> right? go out okay, No, I mean, but they, <laughs> I do think this team, I think this team, if Monty had, and I don't know if they were going to get to that point, but if they were going deep into the playoffs, you know, yeah. I think, but I think, you know, if you're not going deep into the playoffs and you're a talent like Anthony Davis, man, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Maybe if they were better, <laughs> CP3 would have came back. Who knows? Yeah, um, you, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the three big questions. Rod Walker of The Advocate and The Times-Picune here with us on the Datitude Podcast, and I like to end every segment with three big questions. Um, and uh, 
you may think they're tough. You may think they're easy. Who knows? And we never talked about these before you came on. So um, the first question is, how many wins will this Saints team end up with, and will they make the playoffs? That's one. That's one A and one B, by the way. Before the season started, you know, I had them. I think I had them at ten and seven, and this was before the Michael Thomas, like before we knew about any of that stuff. But uh, I think I probably lean more towards nine and eight now. I think they can get six more wins because they play. Atlanta twice. They play the Jets. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think they get six more wins for sure. So I'm gonna put them at nine and eight. Does that get them in the playoffs? Yeah, because I think the playoffs. Again, I think two teams from the West will make the playoffs. I mean, two teams from three teams total in the West. But you know, I think the West will get two wild card teams. Um, I don't think anybody else in the NFC East is going to make it other than the division winner Dallas. Uh, and in the north, uh, you know, I think the Saints may be battling for, you know, second with maybe the the Bears. I mean, not second, but for that, for that third playoff spot, yeah. like the Bears, Packers, and I don't. I think Carolina's gonna fall off. So yeah, I think the Saints get in, but yeah, I think they'll get in, and yeah. they could be fighting for that. Fourth team in the AFC and the NFC West too. I mean, there's you know, yeah, San Francisco no. made yeah. So it depends I don't think, on I mean, where think, Russell Wilson comes back. I think yeah, well, see, I, yeah. So I, yeah, but I do think they make the playoffs. I just again nine and eight or ten and seven is where I put them. I think you and I think about the same thing. I think you're pretty close to spot on. I think it's going to be a fight for that last. But I still, I still think though it's going to take ten wins to get in the playoffs in the NFC. I mean, I don't. I think if you win. Nine, uh, you may get lucky and get in, but I agree with you. And even though San Francisco's two and three right now in Seattle, I don't think you can write them off at two and three. Um, we'll see what Geno does this week against Pittsburgh, but it, it's going to be a battle. Uh, and I think I think 10 wins is, is a minimum. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see there. Question number two, um, the LSU Fighting Tigers, we kind of touched on it, so I kind of know what you think there, but um, does Coach O make it through the season? <sighs> Man, that's... <laughs> I'm going I, I to they're not supposed to be easy, Rod. No, 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 no. no. Um, I'm going to say yes. But, man, that... <laughs> That old Miss game, if it gets ugly, and when I, that's what we kind of said earlier. I mean, we'll see what kind I'm, of fight this team has the the next two weeks for sure. I'm changing my answer to no, man. I just okay. uh, again, this old Miss game is the one that I just think. I think the fans are gonna be like, no, we can't be getting, we can't be getting sixty points hung on us. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to say no, man. I think at that point you just have to go ahead and start looking ahead. Uh, and the irony of that would be, you know, Coach O losing his job after an Ole Miss game, which is obviously, you know, where his head coaching career started. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'll say no. It's a shame. And you know what? I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they come out and fight and play very well this week. And I hope that they, you know, some people are hoping that they lose big now and that he is gone. I don't, I, I don't hope that at all. I, I hope that they find a way to turn this thing around. So I don't want my comments to be misconstrued. 
I hope they find a way to beat Florida. I hope they win three or four more SEC games. I hope they get in a bowl game. And you know what? If they do that, I hope Coach O's around next year. But I think the chances of that are slim, and I think there's a much better chance that, like we talked about, Ole Miss puts up a 60-burger on them, and it's, uh, it's not good. Last question are about the Pelicans, and uh, you know the Pelicans as, as much as anybody. What is your – what is your final win total for this Pelicans team, and do they make the playoffs? I have the Pelicans, and, man, I need to put an asterisk by this just because we don't know. I mean, if Zion's out for a week, I mean, that's fine. I think that'll be fine. I think on paper, I think this team is good enough to make the play-in tournament. You know, that means they're ninth or 10th, I guess. Uh, I don't know if they're quite – no, I'll put them, you know, seven, eight, nine. I think, I think they do make the playoffs. Um, uh, 45 wins, maybe. I don't know. Wow, that's optimistic, 45 wins. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm, no, I haven't no, made my yeah. prediction yet. So, 40, but 45 wins, that's uh, putting them, what, eight game, seven or eight, game, eight games over 500? Yeah. Right? You know, 41 so and 41. Yeah, that's yeah, about, yeah. Eight games over 500. So, yeah, I, I think I've always been a little optimistic about these teams coming to the season. Then, like, I was optimistic last year. Should I, be. I wish I could be like that. No, no, I thought Van Gundy was – I thought he was the oh, answer, man. Like, I, I thought – you didn't – well, no. that's good for you. But I do I think Willie Green is the answer. I really like Willie Green. So, I, I think eventually he will be the answer. Um, I just thought Van Gundy was – I thought this team missed so much defense. I said, okay, Van, if Van Gundy can fix the defense, the rest will take care of itself. I had no idea they were, those late-game collapses would happen, how bad this team would be down in the stretch in games. And, man, it just it got ugly, man, a lot of nights. So, um, yeah, I think this is team makes the playoffs. And if they don't, I mean, you're going to see a lot a different team or a different front office this time next year. Man, it's just tough when you, you talk about Van Gundy. I think maybe 15 years ago or something like that. I just don't think players respond to to guys that are out of touch these days. It's the right, right. World. It's a different world. It I mean, is. It, kids today are different than we were kids. I mean, you and I, we we listen to our, our coaches, our teachers, our, and I'm not saying they they don't listen, but. They're like, when they're off by themselves, they're like, whatever, man. That, that, right. that dude doesn't know what he's talking about. We right. never really said that kind of stuff when we were kids. I mean, no, we did You really respected your teachers and coaches back then. Right. Yeah, they, uh, yeah Van Gunn just didn't have that connection, and that played a bigger factor than I imagined. And, again, I had them. <laughs> I thought they were going to be the playoffs last year, so. Well, we'll, we'll see. But I, And if they don't make the playoffs, I think at least – with a young coach, you would think that they have to give a young coach a longer leash. So, oh think, yeah, without a doubt, I think I, I, mean, I think Willie Green is definitely, I think he's definitely safe. And I don't, this team is not going to blow games down the stretches. I don't down the stretch of games. I don't think. I, I think they're going to listen to what he says, and I think they're going to be able to finish games that they're close in. Obviously, if you if they're getting blown out like they have in the preseason, then. You know, that's not good. But Well, I haven't made my prediction yet, but I will say this. I think no matter whether, no matter how many games they win or lose, I at least think that this will be a, a more entertaining team to watch and a more um, – a team that, people, that fans will want to get invested in a little bit more. And uh, it just felt like there was no heart the last couple months of the season. 
uh, last year. Um, I don't think that we're going to feel like that at any point this season because um, I think that this this is the kind of team and the kind of coach that will that will have them at least fueled to go and play every game as hard as they can. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. That the happens. key thing is going to be you know winning the games at home that you should win. I mean, you don't have to beat the Lakers in Brooklyn, but you win those games, and you got to go on these road trips to plays like Detroit and. Minnesota, and you know, some of these, you just gotta, Orlando, you gotta win those games on the road. You just gotta take care of business on on those games. And you know, you do that and you, you're you in pretty good shape. Oh, well, it sure would be nice to, though, to be the Brooklyn or Lakers. We'll, we'll, we'll oh, yeah, see if they can pull one of those out at some point. Rod Walker, thank you for joining us here on the Datitude Podcast. I mean, do we really think they're gonna beat a Brooklyn or the Lakers? I guess it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I mean, we've gotta be realistic. This Pels team. Rod's optimistic. I don't know that he really thinks they're going to win 45 games. I mean, that, that would be a lot. I mean, let's see, 45 and 37. I'll give my official prediction probably next Wednesday as we go into the opening. We'll probably, since the Saints bye week, we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about the Pelicans next Wednesday on October 20th. But um, maybe we'll have Andrew Lopez on again. I haven't talked to him yet. But I, I don't see this team winning 40 games this season. I mean, I'd like I'd like them to, um, and it might not take forty games to get to the playoffs. But I mean, realistically, and I, I hate when people say preseason doesn't matter. It does. You see a lot about what you're going to see in, in in the future. We don't know when Zion's going to play. I mean, just because there's the the last we heard was like Rod said that he was going to play the opener. I got to think that at best it's fifty fifty. And they're, they are so kid gloves with this kid. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, he's your franchise, but guess what? If you don't get him out there and play him and take risks, it's not going to matter because you'll be terrible and he'll be gone. And he can go be healthy for some other team. So get him out there and let him play unless he just absolutely can't. And when you let him play, for God's sake, let him play more than, I don't know, what are they? What is he playing? 30, 32 minutes a game? Put him out there. I mean, you're only hurting yourself. I mean, you're protecting some other franchise who's going to end up scooping him up. So I think they need to, to figure that out, and we'll find out soon enough. Well, again, we'll talk more about the Pelicans next week with the Saints being off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hugely optimistic except for the fact that I do like Willie Green. I think eventually – that this team will be okay. And when I say okay, maybe they can be a 45-win team in the next few years. It's not this year. I mean, I don't think. Please go out and prove me wrong. We'll see what happens. Opening up with the Sixers, who should be a pretty decent team uh, in their own right. But it's in the Smoothie King Center, and we'll, we'll see. Moving on to the NFL Picks segment. Again, we're going to have a Friday episode with nothing but picks, but I can't not have Conductor Dave on. Um, he brings joy to the show. And I know, I, look, he's not a well-known name, so some of you aren't listening, but you should. If you haven't listened to this segment, listen to it. He's funny. The dude is, I mean, we want Datitude on this show. We call it Datitude for a reason, and Conductor Dave definitely brings Datitude. So let's listen to the NFL pick segment. And again, I can't be worse than I was last week. I guess theoretically I could because I was 1-5, and five, so I could be 0-6. Oh but now that I've fallen behind Conductor Dave, I've got to move up 
So before I lose all credibility, here we go. All aboard, all aboard the Taysom train. Conductor Dave is on the Taysom train. That might be the only fun I have in this segment. <laughs> Dude, I hate you. I hate you. I hate your face. I hate everything about you. When, when Jason gets that concussion, you text me a train falling into a river. You're a monster, Jim Derry. A monster, I tell you. I got to have as much fun as I possibly can have. And, you know, as much as it pained me to watch it happen, I'm like, well, here's my chance to have fun with it. Oh man, I was I was crying. I was crying, man. My my poor Tay Tay got hurt. And why why did the dude get you know ejected from the game? What the deuce, man? Is is your fat head like? Does it have a little bruise? Is it a little bruise at the top? I put I put I put a little band aid on it on, on his forehead. I just put a little band aid for his forehead. Dave DeCorbier joining uh, conductor Dave Dave DeCorbier joining the Datitude podcast. Once again, you know, you're the only regular on this podcast. What? Get out of town. I think you're killing the ratings, but uh, hey, I still keep having you on. It's it's fun. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) Well, here comes, that was the fun part. Here's the not so fun part. I couldn't have had a worse week of picking NFL games last week. Well, I mean, I guess theoretically I could have gone 0-16. So I could have had a worse week, but overall in my NFL picks column, I was 5-10-1 against the spread. And, of course, the ones that I picked for our picks segment were even worse. The only game I got right was the Saints. We both – well, I mean, like I said, you'd pick the Saints if they were 80-point favorites, so it doesn't matter. I did get the Saints (laughs) covering against the Washington football team. All other five picks were wrong. And, unfortunately for me, we we differed in four of the five non-Saints games, which means that you were picking the overall lead – I led for two weeks. Uh, I led for three weeks in a row. I had, I, I led, and now that's gone. And uh, two weeks in a row, and now I am nine and nine against the spread overall this season against the spread, which I guess isn't that bad. In the grand scheme of things, I was one and five last week. You were five and one, and have jumped to eleven <laughs> and seven. So go ahead and revel in your glory because it's not going to last for long. You don't know that. Uh, all I got to say is karma. Karma is a B, and, and that's what you get for, for, for making fun of my Taysom train. And, look, you know, the good part is, uh, you know, we've got a week off with the buy, so Taysom can rest up and, you know, I, I, I don't know, catch up on his, uh, you know, squid game on Netflix or something. But, you know, but he, he's he's better. Yeah, toot, toot. I mean, what am I going to say? Okay, you know, I can't. I can't say anything. You know, you got me. I mean, it is what it is. So we're going to dive into the five will get you 10, but it really will get you 20 on this show. Um, Five picks will get you 10 minutes. But like I said, we all know that this is going to last longer than 10 minutes, and it is what it is. Um, In fact, we have a bonus pick. Since the Saints aren't playing, I added a a sixth game, so I don't know why I call it the five for 10 when we're going to do six picks every week. But we are. Cue the music. Here we go. First pick, Tampa Bay Brady and those hated Buccaneers are traveling to Philly 
and they are laying seven on the road on a Thursday night. Tampa Bay giving Philly seven. I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead and say it anyway. No, actually, I think you're wrong because I'm going to have to pick Tampa on this. Uh, I got. I, I That's hate what I thought Tampa. you would say. Oh, okay. Well, good. All right. Well, yeah, because Philly sucks, man. Uh, I got to take Tampa. It's Philly is just hot garbage. And man, dude, I, I, I've they said beat Carolina last but, week. Yeah. Well, whatever. And, you know, I'm just the, the Saints laid an egg. I, I, I ignore the uh, Carolina game right now. But as much as I despise Tom Brady, as much as I despise Nick Saban, I have so much respect for their skill in the game. And so uh, until they prove otherwise to me, man, Tampa Tampa scares the pants of me, man. Oh, you almost said piss. <laughs> what you I don't said, know, way to go. I don't know if you can say that on this show or not, but I guess I'm I'll sure try. you can. If you, if, you click, if you click explicit lyrics, then you're okay. Dude. I got I to gotta <laughs> use the, the dude button. Um, okay, well, I'm... I'm sure you're shocked. I'm going the other way. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say you like pewter. So uh, therefore, you were picking Tampa Bay. <laughs> no, no, I hate, I hate pewter. If they ever wear the orange cream sickles, I definitely gotta go against that because you know the orange cream sickle that had juju, man. They, at some point, they're, they're, yeah, they're wearing cream sickle at some point this season. Hopefully, it's against us. That, that's a loss. As soon as I find out when they're wearing that, I'm, that, that it's a loss, guaranteed. I'm, it's something about that orange cream sickle. I think that Jalen Hurts has found some juju. Um, I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. Of course, I thought last week's game was going to be closer than people think. Every time I pick against Tampa, except in the opener, um, I'm wrong. But they're 2-3 and three against the spread. There are no world beaters against the spread. But Jalen Hurts has been able to throw the deep pass and uh, could be a good week for Devontae Smith. We'll, we'll see. I'm taking Philly plus seven. The Eagles, they're not a very good team, but at the same time, I think they ought to be, their defense has been decent. Um, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. It's on a Thursday night on a short week. We don't know what's up with Tom Brady's thumb. He's going to play, but I mean, at 44, when you got a bad thumb, I and mean, we saw what happened to, to Breeze when he had a bad thumb. I know. Tom Brady is is not human, so we'll see what it matters. But I'm taking Philly plus seven. We're moving on. Now this one, watch the smart wisecracks on this next one. Um, Denver is at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, who have a new coach. Um, I tried to dance around it the best I could in my NFL picks. Um, Las Vegas, what a mess. Oh, yeah. Look, look, all right. So here's the thing. Uh, you know, Derek Carr has had a champion in John Gruden. John Gruden is gone. So maybe somebody will realize that Derek Carr is trash. Uh, so, you know, uh, look, they're, they're getting plus three and a half at Denver. Basically, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater had, a, had an interception last week. It was a bad, uh, I don't know. Well, it, it was an interception. I, I don't put it squarely on his shoulders. It was just uh, one of those weird things in zone pass. But I digress. Uh, Vegas, look, I, I I haven't liked them all season. I haven't liked them all season. And I remember going back, you were like, oh, well, he's got the most yards and the best completion you know, ratio. That doesn't mean I like them. Yeah, whatever. You were defending the stats, okay? And then the stats lie. I don't care what anybody says. The stats lie. And Vegas sucks. 
and Carr is garbage. So now whoever the, the, the new stand-in coach is and whoever it's going to be will realize that, oh, my God, Gruden has been covering for this schmuck for too long. So uh, I'm picking Denver. Oh, my goodness. Uh, John, I would say poor John Gruden, but – even though I don't care how long ago it was. And people, I, I, I find it interesting on social media. People saying, well, it was 10 years ago. People change. In 10, I don't, you don't, you don't, you gotta be a dumbass to send out those kinds of emails. <laughs> Not to mention what it says behind the scenes of what, what kind of person you are, but to send oh, yeah. something out in an email where it can be tracked down and who knows when, who knows who gets ticked off at you. And uses that as, I mean, just moron. You're right. Yeah. He made his bed. And uh, I, there's no way you can pick Vegas here. I mean, I, I had Derek Carr. I don't care. I don't think Derek Carr is as garbage as you think he is. I think he's okay. Um, and he does have some weapons. But I can't imagine their heart's going to be in it here. And Denver, after losing last week and putting up a, a really bad performance against Pittsburgh at home, their defense is going to be fired up. I don't know that Vegas scores more than than 13 or 14 points in this one. I think Denver can certainly score 20. Um, I'm also taking Denver and laying the three and a half. Moving on. The Monsters of the Midway. It's Chicago against Green Bay. It reminds me of a Christmas story. You know, when you see <laughs> the dad in a Christmas story, he's like, oh, the Packers are playing the Bears this week. Every time I, the Packers play the Bears, I think of that. It's uh, the the... Bears are getting four and a half at home. All right. So I'll have to go back on what I said about Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, man, like, I guess he feeds off of, you know, emo music and being depressed because, holy crap, dude, they've been looking great. I mean. Man bun is rolling. I swear it is, man. And and, and I guess the whole, I, I put too much stock in that whole LaFleur and, and Green Bay thing going on. because I thought you were going to say Danica. No, no, no. But look, old Bing Crosby couldn't get, couldn't find the uh, a field goal if you paid him. That was just awful, man. Crosby. Two, cross, two Christmas references in one segment. I like that. I like that. Uh, but no, Green Bay, uh, until they prove otherwise, and Chicago ain't proved diddly poop, uh, Green Bay, man. I get Green Bay's out of it. What are you talking about? The Bears have won two in a row. Yeah, the, the Bears still suck. All right, whatever. Well, I agree. The Bears aren't very good, but... I absolutely, and, and this is a game that I wouldn't touch with a stick in real life. So I will not be wagering any of my hard earned Barks root beers on this one. But uh, I hate giving points when you're in it. People know this that have followed and have read my NFL picks column. When you're a, a home dog in a division game, it covers re, like last five, six years, they're, they're like, 60, 70%, something like that. I'm going to take Chicago for no other reason that I think this is going to be a hard-fought, slap-them-in-the-mouth kind of game. Green Bay has done – everybody's on the Green Bay train. They're they're good. They're certainly a playoff team. I think they win the North easily. But I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think the Packers win, but I think the Bears cover. Their defense is really good. Uh, moving on. Because five will get you who knows how long. The <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers are traveling to Baltimore where Lamar, Lucky Lamar and the Ravens are giving three to the Chargers. How many times can you get lucky in one season and the Ravens are going to find out because they've now won on a 66-yard field goal 
and then found some kind of miracle way to score two touchdowns, two two-point conversions to send it in overtime against the just hurting Colts, and then you knew they were going to win in overtime when Blankenship missed the field goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, he needs a new prescription on those uh, glasses he's got. Uh, been hanging what is out the with Rosas. Rosas. Uh, what, what is the over on this game? Because whatever the over is, I want it. I want the over in this game. This is going to be got two garbage defenses that are just going to be lighting it up. I mean, what, with uh, the, the Chargers, you know, what, what, 21 points in that fourth quarter, but they, they let Cleveland light them up, and uh, Lamar and that that high-flying offense, whatever the over is, I want to be that game. Ooh, yeah, that's easy. I would just totally take that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Justin Air Bear, it's spelt Herbert, but pronounced Air Bear. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, I am taking the Chargers simply because I, I think Baltimore, is they're, they're running out of time. They're running out of luck. Uh, and really, the Chargers look, look good, except for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I like the Chargers in this one, man. Oh, boy, we agree. Uh that, uh, damn it. <laughs> that means everybody needs to bet on Baltimore. Um, you know, I think the Chargers still aren't getting the respect that they deserve. I mean, really, they're uh, a flubbing away against the Cowboys from being 5-0. and They easily could have beat Dallas at low score in 17-14 game. They held down Dallas. And you got to, I mean, we've been saying this, I know, for a while. But I don't think the Ravens running game has ever been in a state as it is, as it is right now. I mean, the only decent runner they have is Lamar Jackson. And at some point, that's got to stop working. I mean, and they got to, they really should be two and three. I mean, let's be honest. So if they were two and three, they don't make the 66 yard field goal on a miracle comeback on Monday. What's the spread in this game then? You got to think the Chargers would be favored. Yeah. I think that's a, that's kind of a weird line. I think the lines will start to get adjusting, adjusted soon. I think the Chargers are that good and they cover. Here we go. All right. Well, well let's move on. Uh, we're at game number five. You love those Arizona Cardinals uniforms, so I had to put it on the schedule here. Arizona. It's the Battle of Oklahoma. The Battle of Oklahoma. <laughs> Baker against Kyler Murray. You got it. Arizona is getting two and a half, headed to the Cleveland Brownies, who don't trust Baker Mayfield, so they decide to run three times on third and ten when they are certain the other team's going to score. That is some great coaching right there. Oof, oof, oof. That, that's just that's just horrible. And then you, you add in that uh, Baker Mayfield's wife has to come to his defense on Twitter. Like, oh, my God. I mean, she lives man. with him at the stadium, doesn't she? Which they do. They do live together. It's obvious. You know? In the I mean, stadium. They, I mean, look, they, they got that big giant, you know, Jumbotron to watch, you know, Netflix on. Uh, I mean, man. They, they as live, much they popcorn the as they want to eat. Did you see the one where he gives the kids nachos and then squirts the cheese in there? Yeah. Trick or treat. <laughs> this is awesome. That's what you're going to get for Halloween, by the way. Scorched oh, cheese. Oh, God. Yeah. No, my, my, my luck is I always get a toothbrush and toothpaste, man. It's just I get like 30 of them. I just, you know. I'm going to give you a fat head. Oh, yes. Taste them. Taste them. Toot, toot. All right. Um, wow. This one, uh, Cleveland and Arizona. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm liking the red. That orange and brown has never looked good to me. End of story. Arizona. Go Redbirds. I knew you were going to take that. I mean, I, you know, I think that that's another one. Well, I always mark the Saints down. If I have Arizona, I know how much you love red. I'm just going to put that one on there. You're on the Kyler train. The next thing you're 
the collar is going to be your next choo-choo, I think. Um, I uh, am also picking the Arizona Cardinals. I don't get the love for the Browns. I mean, I know they're a decent team, but they, when's the last time they win big games? I mean, they go to the playoffs, no, you know, lay an egg. I, I, they I they like, won the first like round game against Pittsburgh. But. I like Baker, but, I mean, it just seems like he can never really get the job done. He's kind of he's like he's almost there, but he's not really there. I mean, I, 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 I like Baker. I just don't think that either uh, – I don't know. It's got to be on, on his end because you, you talk about, like, just uh, – what is it? Him and Stephen A. Uh, were beefing. You know, he, he's got you got Nick Chubb. You've got all these great. Uh, I mean, Dream uh, and, yeah. I mean, it's like, man, you you've got the tools. So it's either coaching or Baker. And uh, after what we saw from the coaching staff uh, this weekend, I mean, I guess you know, I, I don't know, but I, I digress. Uh, I just I, I like Baker. I, I want the Brownies to have some success, just for the poor fans. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for them. Well, I like Baker uh, too. I, I'd love to have a hot dog with him and maybe a beer. I mean, he's got that big old palace uh, that he lives in with seventy thousand people. Right? So I mean, I, I'd love to have a beer with him, but he's not that great of a quarterback. No, I wouldn't want him to. Uh, I wouldn't want him for the Saints. I'll say that. I wouldn't want him to, to be the Saints' next QB. So yeah, no. But way. you do think he's Rose. better than Derek Carr, though, right? Yes, yes, I do. Carr is moving the on. <laughs> Our Lanyap pick of the week again. Since the Saints aren't playing, I just uh, I was gonna have five picks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm one of those. I'm OCD. I gotta have the same number of picks in there. So let's just throw one in. And how can you not throw this one in next Monday night? Maybe one of the marquee matchups, the red-hot, high-flying, media-loving Buffalo Bills. Go ahead and crown them. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Everyone in the media thinks they're the best <laughs> team in the NFL. They can't be beat. They're going 15-1. and one. Josh Allen is the greatest thing since air conditioning. We love them. They are going to Tennessee to play the Titans, and they are laying five and a half on the road. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Oilers. I'm taking the Oilers because, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I have no reason to pick the Oilers. I mean, the Titans, either which way. Uh, look, uh, Tannehill has been sacked like 17 times at NFL, you know, league high. He's been hit 32 times. I mean, the, the, their O-line is just atrocious. Uh, Derek Henry is, is he's a beast, man. I, I don't, there's no reason for me to logically pick the Tennessee Titans, but, I don't know. I'm in a moods today, and uh, I, I don't think I don't know. It, it, be crazy with me, New Orleans. Let's take Tennessee. I have nothing to back it up except my gut. Tennessee Titans, you are in serious trouble. Dave and I agree. It makes oh no my sense. God. <laughs> what in is fact, going on here? This is one of my picks of the week. A Buffalo is coming off this huge game against Kansas City. Everyone thinks they're the greatest team in the history of the NFL. Josh Allen might be the best quarterback that's ever played the game. He can do it all. He can do no wrong. Guess what? They still don't have a running game. Um, True. And their defense has been outstanding, but they have not faced the freight train. I mean, you're the Oilers, right? I mean, Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini are just going to go all off on this team this week. And Warren Moon, too. He's he's Oh, Warren Moon's going to come come back, yeah. Yeah. So Dan Pastorini can play tight end. I mean, people, there are so many people under the age of like 40, 45 who say, who the hell is Dan Pastorini? They might not even know no, right? who Earl Campbell is, even though he's. Hell, was they don't even know who the Oilers are anymore. Sweet baby Jesus. Love you, Blue. 
<laughs> it's Bum Phillips when you need it. <laughs> oh my God, I, Bum Phillips. Oh, what was that love affair with him for? Big bad Bum. Agent uh, Ken Cooper in the morning. Oh, we are really digressing now. Well, yeah. so we both Squirrel. think Ten- Tennessee is going to cover. And I think Tennessee is actually going to win the game outright last year. Buffalo went into Tennessee at 4-0, and they came out with a thumping. They lost. It was like 42-16 to or something like that. Tennessee is ready for them. Maybe they have the Bills number. We'll see. What do you think Hopefully. about this? How, what are you going to do on Sunday without the Saints playing? Oh, so get this. I'm going to haunted houses, man. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this weekend, and I'm going over to San Antonio to Six Flags Fright Fest. So I'm going to be doing that this weekend. And then the next weekend, I'm going to Orlando for Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. So me and my 15-year-old, we, we go do all these haunted houses, and uh, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. I love it. I've been going to Halloween Horror Nights for like a decade now, and it's just it's it's fun and so we're going to be rocking and representing our Taysom Hill jerseys because my 15 year old has a Taysom Hill jersey as well you you should not do that to children you just shouldn't do that to children hey look man he he is of his own he's 15 he can make up his own damn mind and and he got his Taysom Hill jersey before I did so if anything he's more of the conductor of the Taysom train than I am oh my goodness (laughs) Choo-choo, Dave DeCorbier. Tell all the good folks about what's going on the week in Geek. All right. So uh, Sunday's at 7 o'clock on News Talk, 99.5 WRNO, the week in Geek. Uh, I think this weekend uh, I got a little serious with the guys from uh, Intervention, A&E's Intervention. You know, talked a little bit about that. So if you want to know a little bit more about my my uh behind-the-scenes life stuff, we'll talk a little bit about that. But also, dude, I was supposed to have Chelsea... Uh, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on a handler, uh, but she freaking bailed on me. But uh, I got I got uh, Peter uh, Zarmor, uh, who uh, uh, Samir. He is the guy who's got that weird uh, accent from like uh, Constantine. He was in Minority Report. He's in Fargo. He's got the yes, a bit. I, I would break you. Not 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 like Rocky guy. I'm, okay. I'm blanking, but. He's awesome. He's funny. Uh, I'm going to interview him tomorrow. And so you can follow me on Twitter at Twig Radio, T-W-I-G Radio. On Instagram, it's The Week in Geek. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Week in Geek. And uh, Sunday nights at 7, you can listen on the free iHeartRadio app. And if you missed that, you know, click subscribe and you'll catch the podcast either there on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify. And for some ridiculous reason, I have a YouTube page. I, I, I don't know why, but you got to it, It's all multimedia now, Jim. There's no question. And I'm still trying to figure it all out. Um, maybe Chelsea was just upset about Taysom going down and she might have been she might have been she's probably in mourning man oh maybe she's just wearing all black and gold right now i mean what do you call it when you have uh the same pains as somebody else yeah the phantom phantom pain phantom psychosomatic pains sympathetic psychosomatic whatever pain maybe she had a concussion and just forgot to dial your number no she smokes a lot of weed though she's a huge (laughs) weed activist so she probably just forgot (laughs) <laughs> That's absolutely possible. Maybe she ate herself into oblivion with the munchies. She she stole Aaron Rodgers' stale Chinos because she only believes she deserves stale Chinos. <laughs> That's right because Aaron, Man Bun doesn't need a stale Cheetos anymore. Conductor Dave DeCorbier, thank you for joining us again. Always a blast. And uh, next week we'll we're going to put somebody up on these picks uh, segment that we haven't picked yet, so you can tell me what you think about their colors. Oh, all right. Okay, I like that. 
Okay, I don't know. Maybe it'll be the Falcons or something like that. Oh, no, don't you dare do that to me. <laughs> don't you dare do that to me. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll have the Falcons <laughs> in a couple of weeks when they when they play the Saints, So, but I've already marked Yeah, but that's an easy pick for me yeah, anyway, the Saints. <laughs> All right, Conductor Dave, we'll talk to you next week. All right, later, bro. Always a good time, passing a good time with Conductor Dave. Yeah, it's it's about fun, right? That's what pod, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about fun. If I get the if we get the picks right, great. If we don't, I hope you're not wagering too much on what I think. Or if you are, hopefully last week you bet against me and you made a lot of money. So, and remember to always bet legally and responsibly, right? Uh, responsibly is is really the key. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this show. We have had a good time again. I thank Rod Walker and Conductor Dave for coming on the podcast. Don't forget, you can get more here on bet.noah.com or if you're listening on a podcast somewhere else, go to bet.noah.com. There are odds and ends on Monday with Zach Ewing, Devin Jackson, and myself. We wrap up the week that was, or the weekend that was. Fantasy Roundup with Zach and Spencer, the guru Urquhart, on Tuesdays. And on Thursdays, at the book, featuring cashing in with Carville, James Carville. You never know what that dude's going to say. You know, it's funny. His picks haven't been as great uh, the last two weeks as they were in the month of September. He was just incredible. He was so hot, no one could catch up to him. Of course, now I'm stinking up the joint. I went 3-4-1 and one last week against the spread. And way worse than my big bucks picks. We'll talk about that on Thursday with Zach, Devin, and myself. Um, look, Friday, we're going to have a, a new thing. It's going to be mostly me talking. It'll be looking at the best bets of the week. But I think we're going to have a surprise guest uh, just to try to make it more fun. Um, I, and look, this dude that's coming on, I think, again, it's not confirmed. We, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with the segment. It's not going to be anything uh, too, too serious, but we will tell you what we think. And, hey, he's really good with college, and usually I'm really good with NFL, although last week you wouldn't know it. But we're going to get this straightened out. That's coming up on Friday. Uh, I want to thank, as always, my brother-in-law, Phil Insomo, for the lead-in and his band down for the intro and outro music and my wonderful sister-in-law, Kate Richardson. We will see you on Friday with the best bets of the weekend coming up. Until then, enjoy baseball on Thursday. And, hey, Tampa Bay, they're playing the Eagles. Can the Eagles pull off the upset? We'll find out. Peace and love, my friends. See you in a couple days.